You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And here we are, yet again, recording, uh, actually this is episode 187. Um, I figured like we sh- we probably should have done like a, like 90s gangster rap, uh, retrospective, uh, since this is episode 187. I mean, I feel like that would only be appropriate. But instead, we're going to talk about another 80s classic. <laughs> but first... What are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we have a TAA exclusive. Uh, this is the Villiger 2022. Yeah, we reviewed the, I think, was it last year or year before? That, we reviewed a previous edition of the Villiger a while ago, and this is the new 2022 edition, which is a 6x52 box press Toro. With a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Nicaraguan binder from Jalapa, and <clears throat> Nicaraguan fillers from Esteli, uh, Corojo, and Creo from Jalapa. And they say it's a medium to full-bodied uh, blend, which I'm trying to remember, like, the, like I said, the last one, too. It's it, not strong, but full-bodied. It had a lot of good flavor, but it just wasn't like a kick-you-in-the-teeth cigar. Yeah, and, and I mean, I kind of feel like this cigar is shaping up to be that same way. Um not a lot of strength off the, you know, initial first third, but, you know, definitely, you know, some cocoa, um, leather, a little bit of earthiness. Um, you know, this just very much smokes like every other, you know, uh, Nicaraguan filled cigar. I mean, <laughs> they, I mean, you know, anything coming out of the... Esteli, you know, um, with Jalapa and everything else, like, I love them. They're some of my favorite, you know, cigars, but they all carry about the same, you know, flavor profile. <laughs> flavor profile. And, uh, but that, I, I like those, uh, Mexican San Andreas, uh, for a wrapper, uh, wrapper leaf. It, I don't know, it's kind it, of, little... it adds almost a touch of heat, yes. you know, um, like, I don't know. This is this Peppery. is maybe like a black, you know, pepper or something. Just, just on the mouthfeel and just you know, right there on the tip of the tongue. Yeah, this isn't like, an overly spicy cigar like some of the ones that we yeah, typically not, gravitate uh, towards. It is, you know, it's not as kind of sweet as like a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro. It's it's more of a like sweet peppery like I said, it's got that that touch of spice uh yeah you know that, and those notes of cocoa kind of make that you know the the you know sweet and hot sort of balance um which is rather interesting i'm i'm really digging this cigar and i'm liking the box press in like this kind of smaller ring gauge gives it a good mouthfeel i mean it's like it, it fits in your hand well it's like this is a good like hanging out talking to people cigar it's not like you know sticking something giant in your mouth is like which usually prefer that <laughs> you know those 60 plus uh ring gauge cigars this is like a nice like you're on the golf course or whatever and just like you know having a conversation without you know 
getting lockjaw. Yeah, nobody wants a good lockjaw. <laughs> Unless you're Skeletor. Wasn't that one of the He-Man villains, lockjaw? Yeah, I do believe so. <laughs> and speaking of things from the 80s, this week we're talking about Top Gun Maverick. The sequel we didn't know we needed. But now we... it Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I, I... You know... Obviously, we'll spool the shit out of, you know, the film in the main segment. But just to sort of open it up, like... Even if you were on the fence and didn't really dig the first, you know, top... The second one, dude, like... I mean, this is summer action blockbuster, but with an emotional twist that's just, you know... I mean, I didn't know I needed it. I was on the fence about it, and <laughs> I gotta say, like, I was I was pleasantly surprised and blown away. And if you're gonna have to go to Top Gun, you should call in the Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERS for 20%. Off your order. Now it's time to light the fires and kick the tires. Welcome back. It's time to get high. Like, Literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're talking about Top Gun Maverick, which, as we said before, didn't know I needed it, but man, it was so good. Like, rarely do I like, come out of a, of a movie theater, because like I said, as much shit as I watch, it's like, it's rare that I'm like in the theater like... Fuck yes. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I'll say that this was absolutely one of those films that, dude, I mean, I didn't catch it to this film had already been out, you know, close to a week and a half or so. But, you know, the theater was erupting with applause, laughter, like, it was it was a packed house. Like, I was getting a nostalgia trip just walking through the theater, because literally... <laughs> Half of the theater was dedicated to Top Gun, the other half to Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't go opening night, but I end up yeah, that's what I end up doing with my Memorial Day was went and see Top Gun. And, you know, anyone who's never seen Top Gun, like even my like when I first got my, my I was talking about, you know, Top Gun, she's like, I've never seen Top Gun. I'm like, you're a fucking communist. <laughs> if you don't like Top Gun, you are a fucking communist. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things. Is like it's essential. It's like yeah, it's almost like watching Star Wars. Someone tells well, me I mean, it's almost Star like Wars one of those. Like it, it should be here. on, you know, the the exam to get an American citizenship. Like, have you seen <laughs> Top Gun? <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> Do you understand the meaning of the phrase "negative Ghost Rider pattern is full"? <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters? No, get out. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, dude, I mean, this 
really kind of started me down a a hole where I was trying to think. Very rarely is it that you get a sequel that is you know on par with the original or almost break. better than the original. Yes. And I was thinking, okay, maybe Predator Two, <laughs> um, Terminator Two, Terminator I mean, Two, yeah, obviously, or especially it's like the kind of because nothing's ever original in Hollywood. The if something works, then everyone's got to do it. The late, super late sequel where it's like 20, 30 years later. Like most of those, it's like, let's throw a bunch of nostalgia at them and see if, and, but this one was like, yes. Like when the th- credits roll and you hear the, like the top gun theme and then it immediately cuts to like a montage of jets launching and playing highway to the danger zone. I'm like, fuck yes. But it didn't just, depend on nostalgia like i'm like oh fuck this is actually a compelling story and, and oh yeah that was the thing is <laughs> i mean the the action is great and you know props to not just trying to de-age everyone and you know overlay everything with cgi but you know we're seeing actual jets and you know actual pilots and you know like you don't get that in a lot of the big blockbusters now. You yeah, know, we rely most... too much on, you know, the computer generated shit. And the fact that, you know, fucking Yeah, most know... of that stuff is filmed like in real jets. So when you see them like, you know, struggling with G forces, they literally strapped the actors into the back of a jet and had like, you know, professional pilots like fucking try to make them puke. <laughs> so it's like this is like as far as like uh from a pilot's perspective like you know the actual like art of flying I guess it's probably the most realistic we've seen in a movie. It's not somebody on one of those like Marvel gimbals surrounded by green screen and you know you know they, they literally like put these fuckers in jets and like <laughs> and shot a lot I of mean, that stuff. At points the movie does go off the rail, but you know, that's to be expected with, you know, like, I don't know, between this and Jurassic Park, I'm like, yes, the summer blockbuster is back. <laughs> yes. Like, we've had way too many summers now with lackluster, like, unless there was another Marvel film or something, like, it's just great to see something original, and that... and maybe the fact that this was one of those films that I had such low expectations of going into. That was one of the things I was fixing to ask. Do you think it's benefited from lowered expectation <laughs> well i personally don't think i had any expectation outside of it's top gun i'm gonna have to see top gun and then i'm pleasantly surprised like not only with the action but the callbacks and the tie-ins and the way they try to answer and progress the story and it's like how are they going to make this work and they do a great job for the most part of answering and explaining it yeah and you know we'll get into like specifics here in a bit but and it wasn't the movie i expected you know from the trailer showed a lot of cool action stuff but it was like what i expected when they announced this movie is like all right it's just going to be a remake of the original except now maverick is like what was the, the viper or whatever the guy that was like the head instructor at top gun in the first movie all it is is going to be a bunch of new you know shithead uh, pilots are coming to Top Gun and now Maverick is like the instructor where it had some of that, but it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like the 
the the guy running Top Gun. He was like, you know, like we have a real world like life or death mission and we need somebody to train the best in the world to fly a fucking suicide mission. I mean, it's like I was like I was not expecting like the the high stakes of this movie from what we got from like the trailer. They did a good job of not blowing the whole story like up front. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I really appreciate trailers that don't give away everything. Yeah. But at the same time, like I despise the trailers that look really good. And then all the shit they showcase in the trailer has been cut from the actual release <laughs> of the film. Yeah. I'm like, all right, th- that to me feels like a bait and switch. Fucking Disney does that a lot too. You'll like, they'll edit characters out of scene or throw characters in scenes, and I'm like, where was that in the film? I didn't see any of these shit we've been seeing on TV for the last six months. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just to summarize, it was the movie I didn't know I needed, but I am really glad that I, you know, experienced it. You know, and and the other thing too, like. I mean, I grew up watching Top Gun on VHS because, you know, my parents weren't super big into theaters or anything like that. They were, you know, very homely people. So, you know, I missed an opportunity to, you know, see that in theaters when I was younger. Not that I would have appreciated it as much anyway outside of, ooh, jets. That's cool. (laughs) But, you know, this this Uh, had me thinking like, fuck. When did the original come out? 86 or something? Uh... Yeah, because, I mean, this came out when... Cause I, yeah, I'm... yeah, it was May 16th, 1986. So, yeah, and I'm... Yeah, so I was, like, seven when this came out. <laughs> yeah, but as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, I want to be a fighter pilot. You know, like, well, I mean... walking around with, like, Walmart sold, like, the fake, like, fighter... I think I have, like, one of my, like, elementary school... Class photos. I'm wearing like a knockoff like Tomcat jacket. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the you know sort of the nostalgia factor. Like that's one thing that I miss about modern films is you know here like you know Top Gun, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers. You know all of these films. Like, dude, they they inspired and changed the way that kids interacted with toys and all the cross merchandising that came with that. Like we don't, I mean, not that I've perused any toy aisles recently, but you know, I can't be like, Oh, this really cool badass action figure just came out. Let me, you know, add that to my collection or anything of that nature. Like yeah, this came out during, or the first one came out during like the highlight of like GI Joe and shit. So it's like, yeah, everyone wanted the, uh, I can't remember what the G.I. Joe F-14 Tomcat was or the thing that I always wanted and never got was the the freaking six-foot aircraft carrier. <laughs> I was like, Hasbro probably has no affiliation with this movie, but they definitely capitalized yeah, on Yeah, see, the... I can remember going to one of my buddies' house who did have that. <laughs> like, dude, we, we spent many weekends, like, between that and melting army men and, you know, <laughs> trying to use fireworks and stuff, uh, you know, to, to make explosions and, you know, freaking bazookas going off and shit. Like, (laughs) I mean, it just, like I said, it completely changed the way you interacted and you, you played with toys. Like, and like going into it, expectations were low and 
there was a certain things I was like, all right, it's 30 years. There's no fucking way Maverick would still be flying. Like if he was still a captain in the you know, Navy for the, they would have like kicked him out long time ago. There's no way at 30 years, if you haven't gone up in rank, usually the rules are like, uh, yeah, you got to go, dude. But, and that, that was the thing going in. I'm like, this is, this is going to be bullshit. Cause there's no way he's still a badass fighter pilot. But then they they actually did a good job of explaining that away. Like you find out his It's the, not about what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. So it's like Iceman, the you know, brought back uh, Val Kilmer, he's like the commander of like the Pacific Fleet or something. He's like, you know, pretty high up uh I'm pretty sure he's an admiral, right? Yeah, but he was like not just an admiral, he was like the you know, commander of the entire fleet. He's like one of the like high, high up admirals. So it's like all right. That explains it. Like he's got, you know, you know, basically anytime he gets in in trouble or <laughs> he's like, Iceman's like, nah, let him keep flying. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, it at least makes it plausible. It probably wouldn't happen in real life, but it at least made it plausible. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't so far over the top that you'd be like, bullshit, bullshit. You know, my bullshit meters, you know, off the charts right now. One thing that this film did do, though. It's like you said, you know, when you watch it as a kid, it's like, I'm going to be a fighter pilot when I grow up. And I'm like, I'm almost 40. I'm too old to be a fighter pilot. <laughs> Damn it. I miss. And I'm like, wait a second. Tom Cruise is in his fucking 60s and he's in the back of a uh, fighter pilot. Like, that guy's a fucking wizard because he barely looks like he's aged any. Like, when he goes to uh, seek advice from, uh, you know, I- Iceman, like, summons him to his house. He's like, Hey, we need to talk. He's like, it's not a good time. He's like, and it wasn't a request. Get your ass over here, motherfucker. <laughs> We're friends, but I'm still pulling rank. <laughs> and yeah, they have that great, like, kind of moment uh, saying, you know, him kind of like telling him like, hey, man, you you got to learn to be the teacher and pass what you like. The Navy still needs a Maverick, but like, you know, this is what you got to do now is like teach. If you want these kids to survive this mission, You've got to get them to, like, know what you know. And, uh, you know, because Val Kimmer, like, I don't know how much longer that dude's <laughs> got around. You know, he's, you know, his condition in the movie is pretty much his condition in real life. So it's like, I thought that was a good, if this is his last project, I thought that scene was a good send-off I mean, for I, I definitely think that, you know, they paid homage and everything else, you know, to that character. But when you see Tom Cruise with Iceman... Yeah, it's a stark difference. You're like, this dude looks like he's in his... Four- I'm, hell, I'm 43. He looks better than I do. <laughs> and then you have Val Kilmer, who's like aged like a normal person. <laughs> and you're like, fucking Tom Cruise is like a wizard. I don't know what kind of like... And that was a you know kind of crazy thing. Like, And, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't try to do... You know, so much of like the, you know, Disney Marvel, ah, we'll just CGI out the mustache or we got this cool de-aging filter that we'll try to use. And, you know, like, you know, they kept it practical. And I I, I think that went a long way because if they tried, you know, to to tweak, you know, ages and to me, I would have just been like, eh, I'm calling bullshit. Like, <laughs> it's been 30 years. Like, let the dude, you know be that age or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, oh, yeah, it's like, it'd be like, we know it's been 30 years, but he's still in school, you know? No. 
bullshit. Yeah. We set this movie, it's actually 92 or something like that, you know? <laughs> we just de-age everybody. Like, no, it's it's now. It's And, you know, back in the day, it was it's like the... Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, you know? It'd be like, dude, I get it. You might be, you know, 21, 22, but you look like you're 35. Like, there's no way you're a high school kid. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. I'm a student just like... <laughs> No, you're the fucking undercover FBI agent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this movie starts off with we we first catch up to Maverick. Now he's like looks like he's working in Area 51, uh, <laughs> testing some new hypersonic jet. And I love his like house. I guess it's like dude pretty much like lives in a hangar. Yeah, I was like, if I was a single man, that would be awesome. He's like living. You got his like personal plane, and not only does he you know like the nostalgia kick of it. You see like all of like the citations and unit patches for all the teams he's flown with. And you know, he has a new nice new, like badass bike, but then he like pulls out the old, like whatever 86 Kawasaki or Honda or whatever the hell it was from the first movie. And it's like, he's still got the same damn bike from the, <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Dude knows how to appreciate a machine. All right. You know? Yeah. I like... mean, that's one of the few toys that's like, well, if all this computer shit goes ape wire, I still got this to fall back on. It uses nuts and bolts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like having a car made that still has a carburetor on it. You're like, I might be able to fix some of this shit. <laughs> Once you start getting into computers, you're like you open a Tesla and it looks like I'm opening up my freaking uh, <laughs> inside of my laptop. You're like, nope. <laughs> Fuck that. Just some of the modern refrigerators. Like, does everything need to have built-in Wi-Fi? Like. Why does my microwave need Wi-Fi? So they can like, spy on you. <laughs> like, Everywhere oh, my refrigerator go. also has Wi-Fi because I'm just going to sit there where the ice maker should be and, you know, start searching Google. Like, I know, like, I, I, I thought that was dumb until I went to fill up, like, a 32-ounce water bottle and the, like, water spigot on my refrigerator is so fucking slow that I'm like, you know, if there was a screen on this, I would definitely watch some YouTube this five minutes I'm standing here waiting for this fucking jug to fill. <laughs> Why don't you sit there with your jug in one hand, your phone in the other? That's just too complicated. <laughs> you gotta learn to multitask. <laughs> or that's where I left my phone, like, on the table or something, and it's like... The cats hit it. Yeah, I'm like... It's like, I could walk away and go back and get my phone, but then it's like... No, I'm like, I've committed to this. I've gotta, <laughs> I've gotta finish this. But yeah, the supersonic jet scene was like badass, and it's like, and this is where you see how another reason why he's never really progressed is he still has that kind of attitude, and especially now, like the plane back in the day, he was flying the F fourteen Tomcat where he had a goose in the back seat. Now, like the Navy's flying uh, Hornets and stuff, and it's like a single man for the most part aircraft. It's like. He's got no no con he's got no one to sit in his back seat and go, We shouldn't do this, Mav. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> But at the same time, like you know, I mean I get flying with a squadron, you know, like if you're reckless, like you could potentially wipe out your whole squad, but at least now, like <laughs> you do some pilot. dumb shit, you're you know, you're going out of the sky, you're not taking your buddy down with you. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, this project they're on, they're, like, supposed to, like, hit Mach 10, and it's like, well, we're supposed to go to Mach 9 today, but some admiral's coming to, like, shut us all down, because they want to, like, do away with living pilots and start, like, a drone program. They're like, well, he's not here yet. Let's, uh... <laughs> like, his, uh... 
his kind of uh, whatever XO or whatever. He's like, I don't like that look, Mav. He's like, it's the only look I got. <laughs> You're about to get us all fired. <laughs> he's like, all right, get to Mach 10. Don't go 10.1. 10. And sure enough, he hits the mark that's going to save the program. And then he's like, well, let's see what else we can do. You know, like I said, his, his fucking ego still gets him in trouble. And he pushes the plane a little too far and just fucking blows up. But that thing flies so fast, he ends up in the middle of nowhere and has to, like, he just, like, walks into some diner, like, all burned, like, you know, looks looks like a fucking spaceman, and everyone's like, uh, is this a damn alien? Especially, like, if, because that looked like it was, like, might not have been Area 51, but it definitely looked like, you know, a place that people would assume. Out in the desert where, you know, it's like, if we had crops... There would definitely be circles in our crops. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely in an area where people are like, there's UFOs and stuff. No, it's just, you know, freaking skunk works uh, testing, you know, top secret aircraft and whatnot. So everyone's like, it's a goddamn robot aliens. <laughs> Can I get some water and some uh, Reese's Pieces? Whatever. Yeah, I don't know if aliens still eat Reese's Pieces. Nah, just some water and some butt probes. <laughs> But yeah, when he gets, like, immediately uh, ordered back to, like, Top Gun, and they're like, alright, here's our super secret mission, like, some rogue nation that they never actually say who, uh, has, has developing a nuclear weapons program, and they're, they're, whatever... About to get their enriched uranium shipment so or we something. Got, so we gotta, like, blow this place up, and it's, like, impossible to get in, and he's like, alright, yeah, I haven't flown an F-18 in a while, but, you know, give me a couple days, I'll figure it out, and they're like... What the fuck are you talking about, old man? Like, no, we want you to train, like, the actual young kids that <laughs> can fly these missions. He's like, what? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, instead of, like, him tra- training, like, a new class of Top Gun, like, no, we're going to find you, like, the top ten most, you know, recent graduates, and you find the team that's going to take on this mission, which they straight rip off Star Wars. <laughs> okay. I'm yes. gonna let you continue because I know we talked about this off air. <laughs> it was like it's one of those things. Like after, like while I'm sitting there, like when they're going through the whole mission plan, I'm like, this is just fucking Star Wars. They have to fly through a trench underneath radar and guns to hit a target that's only three meters wide. Don't and it's an exhaust port. Yes, <laughs> it was like I wait for him. Like, oh, this is like bullseye and womp rats in my T16 back home, and then also. Um, you have not read the books as much as I have, but the old pre-Disney expanded universe, Wedge Antilles was kind of like Maverick. He refused all pro- like promotions because he's like, I don't want to get out of the cockpit. Like, I want to be a fighter pilot. So like, and, you know, until they pretty much forced him to like take rank, he was like, would turn down like every like opportunity to like move up in rank so he could stay as a squad leader instead of like, you know commanding a entire ship or whatnot. <laughs> so we've been entirely way too serious and, you know, nostalgic. How did the name cockpit originate? Like, <laughs> like, you know, somebody be like, we're in a pit of cocks. How did that, you know, get a, a, attributed? Uh, I don't know. That's one of those weird things. I like look up the origin of words occasionally. <laughs> like we had a discussion on what, you know, where Sally port came from. Origins. A pit for fighting cocks, referring to a place where cock fights were held. (laughs) 
Okay, well, so I guess, you know, they're just, you know, referring to it as, you know, just the tight enclosure where a great deal of stress or tension could occur, just like, you know, if you, you know, had your cock in a pit fighting. So, hmm, interesting. Okay. Oh, I guess uh, cock is an old English term for small boat and swan, swain, which means servant? <laughs> Yeah, apparently it, uh, here's what it says. It, uh, it's an 18th century nautical term denoting the area in the aft lower deck of a man of war where the wounded were taken. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. It's the last place you <laughs> want to be fighting. <laughs> yeah. Definitely don't want to be fighting the cock. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that... Yeah, we, you know, I... I just felt like we haven't digressed enough for this segment, you know, as, you know, our, our most of our episodes devolve into usual immaturity. Oh, um, I saw a thing online and it became popular when the movie first came out. It was like, uh, what's your top gun call sign? Put in your information and, and yeah, mine was, uh, uh, Lieutenant Blue Balls. <laughs> and I'm like, uh... No, I don't, I don't, uh, well, there, were, there was two different ones. One of them, uh, gave me the name Blue Balls and the other one gave me Night Owl. I'm like, all right, Night Owl sounds cooler. <laughs> I don't want to be Lieutenant Blue Balls. <laughs> Guess we're about to, uh, figure out what. <laughs> that and the, uh. We're probably going to get the, uh. I like that they brought kind of his whatever love interest for this movie is uh, whatever Penny Benjamin, uh, which was just kind of like a in the first movie where him and Goose are getting their ass chewed for like you know flicking off the uh, the Meg and and uh, disobeying orders to uh, help uh, Merlin or was it Merlin? I can't remember the Cougar. Yeah, help Cougar land. And he's like, you've been put in hawk like whatever five times for high speed passes uh, on towers and one admiral's daughter and the and goose was penny benjamin <laughs> and then you actually meet penny benjamin in this movie like oh that's the that's the admiral's daughter that he uh <laughs> and then you find out the thing he got in trouble for was apparently taking her on a unsanctioned joyride <laughs> i mean hell if you're a pilot you know that's definitely how you get ass is like come on baby i'll take you i'll take you up <laughs> Who now owns like the local kind of pilot bar uh, at uh, <laughs> Top Gun? And, like you, like all the <clears throat> the pilots that are eventually going to be assigned to this program are in there partying, and there's like, yeah, he's just some dumb old guy, and he ends up like having to buy, every, you know, violating one of the rules of the bar and having to buy everybody drinks, and then he doesn't have enough money to cover it, so they literally throw him like off the deck. <laughs> And then, like, the next morning, they're all sitting in briefing, and they're like, we'd like you to introduce you to your uh, instructor for this course, uh, Lieutenant Pete Mitchell, a.k.a. Maverick. And then he walks in, and they're all like, oh, fuck, we're screwed. <laughs> we just threw our instructor off a balcony. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, You know, I thought it did a great job. You know, even the team-building exercises and stuff, like, where... You know, obviously, best of the best, like, ego's got to come into play. 
But, you know, I love, like, just the banter and downtime when they're just hanging out at the bar. You know, the, the competing groups or, you know, where he just has them out on the beach. Like, just, you know, fucking playing flag football and shit like that. And it's like... Yeah, because we had to have our, like, you know, shirtless uh, beach volleyball scene from the from the original movie. <laughs> this this is uh, this generation's version, uh, version of that. It's like, oh, we're going to play... Some kind of flag football where you have two balls and you're both on defense and offense at the same time. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's that kind of in any team building movie where like, all right, the Mighty Ducks aren't getting along. We got to come up with some kind of you know, exercise that brings the team together. So they're finally acting like a team. And then you also have uh, uh, Miles uh, Teller as Rooster, a.k.a. Goose Jr., who hates Maverick because apparently he's like, you know, mom didn't want him to become a pilot like uh, and get killed like his dad. So he's like, you know, Maverick has kind of been blocking his career up to this point. And, but then again, he's also kind of, he's like, you got the skills, you're here, but you, you don't, you're a good technical pilot, but you just don't have the, uh, the rec, you, you got to have this, you know, part of it's like, mental like you can have all the skills to do this but if you don't have kind of like the heart to push it past what you think your your limits are like he has the thing he comes in and he's like pulls out like the the manual on the uh you know f-18 he's like, or that's it yeah F-8. he's like all right i'm i'm pretty sure all y'all know like this book like back to back and they're like yes sir and he's like good and like throws in the garbage he's like because i'm not here to test the limits of your aircraft. I'm here to test your limits. So let's get your ass in some planes. And then he just proceeds to crush all their egos. <laughs> he's like, all right. Yeah. It's like, uh, whoever dies first has to do a uh, hundred pushups. And he's like, this is one after the other, you know, and they're like making fun of the first guys that got taken out. And then it's like <laughs> the next round of guys are out there doing pushups again. He's like, yeah, you thought that was funny when you're taking selfies of your, <laughs> your other classmates earlier, didn't you? <laughs> He's like, I may be old, but I will still kick all of your asses. Dude, this is just a plan, uh, a ploy to, you <laughs> just know. trying to steal your information at this point. <laughs> so apparently my top gun call sign is gangsta. <laughs> gangster in the night. owl. Yeah. Apparently I'm bad at the bone in a good way. You don't put up with anything, but you always go put out ability and effort where needed. You believe respect is earned and take anyone who doesn't show it down a peg. <laughs> okay. But uh Miles I got Teller a pretty too. Sweet helmet. Miles Teller, he looks like Goose. Like they, they could not have cast a better actor to play uh play Goose's son. I mean, he's got that, you know, kind of Sweet seventies mustache, dude. I had to do a double take because I'm <laughs> yeah. like, they they look so similar. I'm yeah, like, when he rolls in in like the Hawaiian shirt and starts playing Great Balls of Fire on the piano and shit, it's like, dude, this is uh, they've somehow de-aged uh, <laughs> Goose, and <laughs> it's the same actor. Yeah, he did a great job of uh, of looking the part at least. I don't know. I I, I was just yeah. Like, I, I definitely felt like some shenanigans were at foot, you know, seeing, uh, 
<laughs> seeing him compared, you know, to the other pictures, I'm like, holy crap. Oh. And then, of course, like, they have to have, you know, a crash because, like, a bird hits a thing and one guy almost blacks out. Cause it... But then... Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, you're flying this big-ass airplane and it's a bird. Yeah. A, le- a-, a legit... Not... We're not talking, you know, a made-up call sign for another plane. Nope. Just... Just bird. Birds will fuck planes up, which is surprising. I mean, these things can, like, be shot at and everything else, but it's like, no, a couple uh, goose off track will <laughs> will take you down. Has a plane ever been taken down by a goose? Well, yeah, there was that one that crashed, uh, whatever, Captain Sully that had to land on the, uh, <laughs> land in the bay up in New York. <laughs> Caught a couple birds in the engine. But a goose. I know, those were probably seagulls. I don't remember what the species of bird that crashed the plane. <laughs> I was surprised there never was a, uh, we're going to like, you know, catch up on foreign relations, you know, give them the bird. <laughs> I kept waiting for that to come back. Oh, <laughs> uh, but then of course, uh, Maverick, you know, all the young pilots are like, this is impossible. We like, they've not had like a successful run on this thing. Cause they have to basically fly through a Canyon under radar to avoid missiles. And at the end of the Canyon fucking fly pretty much straight out to go over the lip of like a crater to get to the, the target and pull like a shitload of G's. And everyone's like, they have to do it in a certain amount of time or, you know, it's going to, ha- there's going to be time for more advanced jets to like catch up to them. So it's like, it has to be done under a certain time. And they're like, you will be flying the generation four, but your enemy has generation five. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's no way, uh, you know, they're like, it's impossible. We can't do it. We can't do it. And then, uh, Iceman dies. So now Maverick doesn't have like, you know, his, uh, guardian angel and they're, you know, they're like, no, we're going to like, you know, remove the, the safety. We're going to, we're going to give them more time to do the thing. Let them come in higher. Uh, you, you're, you're dismissed Maverick. We don't, we don't need you anymore. And so he just, you know, and he goes to like, girls like, dude, those are your pilots. They're going to, if you let these guys run the mission, they're going to get killed. You have to do something. So he's just like, all right, what would Maverick do? So I'm going to steal a plane and show everybody that this flight path is possible. And then like, as they're, uh, you know, the morning briefing and the, the commander's telling them like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to do this, do it this other way. That's definitely going to get y'all killed. And then all of a sudden like Maverick comes on the radar and they're like, freaking runs it like in under the prescribed time. They're like, Oh fuck. Like he can, he can, somebody did that shit. <laughs> He's like, I know we've been calling him old and all, but he, he did it. Now, well, sometimes I'm, you just got to see someone else do it before you're like, all right, now I know it's possible. Yes. So I, I, I like, it's not impossible. So if there a, was ever a Microsoft, you know, flight simulator DLC that released that flight path or whatever, dude, I would probably buy me an entire flight sim setup <laughs> just to attempt that shit. Yeah. Uh, you can see me here. But, Fuck it, the throttle only goes to 10. We're going to 12. <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, he almost, he like, you know, 
did this to inspire my men that it was possible. But then it's like, he kind of did too good of a job because the commander's like, I got two choices. I could like have you arrested and uh, for stealing a plane or I'm going to put you in charge of this mission because you're the only one that has been able to <laughs> fly this path. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, he actually, cause he has to pick, it's like a four man, basically a four man group. Cause like they have one plane that has like a targeting computer that has to basically laser sight the target. And then the, other plane shoots the target. So it's like four. So they got to, they got to blow up the exhaust port cover on the first missile. And then on the second pass, drop the missile into the secret nuclear lab or whatever. And he actually, you know, Goose's kids like, yeah, of course he's going to like, you know, if he's in charge, he's definitely not picking me for this mission. And he's like, all right, Reister, you're settled up. You can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> waiting for, you know, fucking Alice in Chain to Rooster to start playing at some point. It never does, though. <laughs> Try to kill the Rooster. <laughs> oh. But yeah, he finally has that moment where he's like, you know, Maverick and his wingman go through the thing, and then Rooster's the shooter on the second pass, and he's kind of, and he's, his wingman's like, dude, we gotta speed up, we gotta speed up, we're not gonna hit our time if we don't speed up, and he's just like, and then finally he's just like, yeah, because Maverick, all, when he's in those stressful situations, he's like, talk to me, Goose. And he's finally like, talk to me, Dad. <laughs> and he's like, fucking drops the hammer and is like, whoa, shit, no, like, I'm having trouble keeping up with you now. <laughs> Go from like, I'm scared to like, fuck this. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you just, you don't have to commit, you know? And then but not only like, yeah. Here's the other thing, Star Wars. <laughs> Maverick hits the hits the the target on the first pass. On the second pass, there's like a malfunction in the targeting computer on the second plane. So he's like, "I just got to use the force. <laughs> I'm gonna have to eyeball this shit." <laughs> use the force, Luke. <laughs> there's no uh, no R two D two riding in the back. I don't suppose. <laughs> oh, just beeping random signals. But that, oh man, never, I've never been that stressed out too. It's like, because it was like, we need like two miracles. We, we fly. Fuck that. You need three. Oh yeah. It was like, we got to fly through this stuff without you know, crashing or anything. Then we got to roll over this target and hit a three meter wide thing. And then on the way out, we got to avoid all the anti-aircraft missiles and shit. So it's like, as soon as they leave that crater, it's like fucking shooting gallery. I'm like, Oh God damn. This is. <laughs> This and then you get through shit. all of that shit, and then you get the dog fight. <laughs> yeah. Because you're, you know, at that four or five minute window where, oh, they got birds in the air now. Mm. <laughs> Which you would think, I mean, I get it, like, the film goes through and, you know, they end up destroying, like, the runway, right? Which, But you'd be like, where are they going to launch these birds from? Like, they got Generation 5? What if they got no Generation? <laughs> Wipe that shit out. Yes, yeah, so they blow up the the runway, but yeah, there was still at least a couple birds out on patrol, so they still got to at least deal with two, uh, you know, of these supposed badass uh, jets. But yeah, when Maverick gets shot down, I was like, "Holy shit! Is this how this movie's gonna end? Are they gonna kill Maverick?" And you know, and the 
you know, the base tell him, like, return to base, it's too hot, like, Maverick's gone. But then Goose goes back and ends up shooting down a helicopter, saving Maverick, who's on the ground, and then gets shot down himself. <laughs> and I lo- love that when he catches up to him, he's like, what the, he's like, dude, like, what the fuck were you thinking? He's like, I, I saved you. He's like, no, I saved you. And then you came back and got shot down. Like, what the hell were you thinking? He's like, I wasn't thinking. You told me not to think, sir. And he's like, I did say that. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Every teenager's, you know, like, aha, I got you now, motherfucker moment. Like, I'm able to use your own words against you. Yeah, it's the whole movie's been telling him, like, you think too much up there. You just got to, like, feel it. And he's like, oh, shit. I he finally listened to me. And fuck, this is what happens. But, and I got to say, this is the point where the movie goes off the fucking rails. It's like everything semi-plausible up to this point, but then the way the movie, like the final 20, 30 minutes, it was went batshit bonkers, but I was like, I don't care. This is so fucking fun at this point that I don't care how ridiculous this this ending is. <laughs> I mean, but that's what made it, you know, that action you know true blockbuster like yeah it's it's over the top it's not necessarily plausible but it's just fun like you know i miss movies just being fun like we don't have to have a big hidden agenda or another secret message like just fucking entertain me yeah and the Earlier when they're briefing of like, you know, what assets you may have to go up against, like, oh, they got this this base with like, you know, these fifth gen fighters, but then they got a mixture of like some old surplus shit. Hell, they even got a couple Tomcats out there. So like Goose or Rooster's like, So what do we do now? He's like, Got a plan and they go to like the base and they're like, We're just gonna steal a plane and of course there is a F fourteen Tomcat sitting in a hangar <laughs> just like the original movie. And I was like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like no fucking way. <laughs> Rooster's like, dude, this thing's older than I am. He's like, yeah, but I know how to fly this thing. <laughs> they jack that enemy uh, Tomcat that's like only half working. And I like the, the enemy planes show up and he's like, wait a minute. Like, they think we're one of them. So let's just pretend our radio is not working, which our radio is actually not working. He's like, hey, find this button back there and reset everything. And he's like, uh, there's a lot of buttons. Which one is it? And he's like, I don't know. That was kind of your dad's job. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I just, you know, I just shoot stuff and fly the plane. He, he hit all the buttons in the back. Like, figure it out. <laughs> and they, like, pull up beside him and start giving him, like, he's like, ah, you know, radio's not working. And they're giving him hand signals. And he's like, what does that mean? He's like, I have no idea. I'm just going to, like, <laughs> wave and, uh. He's like, well, what is? He does another thing, and he's like, eh, don't know what that means either. But I'm just gonna... we're not we're not speaking the same sign language. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and then... it's not even like, let me just give you the middle finger because that's not even universal in every country. <laughs> but then he almost he almost has that. I'm just gonna slam on the brakes; they'll fly right by. And he's like, you know, freaking just hits it and just like guns down like that first plane pretty much, and then has to dogfight the other one until yeah, you know, they're about to get yeah. Fucking him splashing too, and then third guys are like, "Well, we're out of flares, we're we're out of ammo, uh, and oh shit, the ejection seat's not working. We're we're fucked here." And then the one guy who'd been like an asshole to uh, Rooster the whole movie, like the more like competitive, kind of like 
this generation's Iceman character, shows up and saves his ass at the end. He's like, hello, gentlemen, would you like to an escort home? <laughs> and, you know, at the end of it, they're like, you know, best buddies. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got that sense of brotherhood. Hey, I appreciate you, you know, putting egos and everything else aside to, you know, belling our asses out, you know. It's kind of, you know, going back to You can be my the, wingman anytime. Fuck you. You can be mine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just goes back to, you know, what we were talking about a few episodes back. How, you know, we used to get in, you know, fights and shit like that. And you you left us friends. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, this is very much that same, you know, concept. You're, you know, whatever. Two assholes, you know, come together for one comic. Like, all right, now there's a mutual level of respect. Like, we're all in this shit together. That was too, other thing too was the that I thought was cool was kind of like the next generation of pilots. It's a different skill set than what it was back, like previously. Because it's like you know the somebody at one point is like oh, you know these guys these these people are you know they're Top Gun graduates they're you know they've had combat experience they're like, yeah but like their experience is dropping missiles from like high altitude like no one dogfights anymore. There's not like we don't really, like, in the conflicts we've been in, we've had, like, air superiority, so there's not really been any, like, they're like, we haven't had a ace, which is someone who shot down five planes since the Korean War. <laughs> I mean, even Maverick's only got three, like, confirmed <laughs> kills or whatever. And it's like, because, like, you know, at this point, there's not, we're not in conflicts with people that, you know, we got, you know, we're dealing with uh, people living in caves and shit. You know, we're, we're there, there's not any, like, we're dropping tomahawks and shit, yeah. you know, you know, way above, you know. It's more whatever close air support and air to ground attacks. Like we don't have an enemy that is kind of on our par air wise. So these guys have no experience like dogfighting and shit. So it's like, so yeah, having that, you know, him like yeah, and then at the end, of the, the one guy's like, hey, I've he's like the only guy in the the new kids that has actually shot anyone down he's like i got two kills now and they're like yeah but maverick also got two kills so now he's an ace <laughs> he's he's still better than you kid <laughs> i don't know i mean it was just it was a blast you know and i mean dude we've we've legit talked 45 minutes just on the action shit like we didn't even get into much of the nostalgia are like the emotional aspect of the film. Like, you know, that was a whole like other side that I was just like, dude, there's a level of depth there that I didn't even like anticipate or expect. Yeah. The him trying to like be a father figure to rooster and rooster kind of hating him for that stepping in and kind of, uh, getting him kicked out of the, the Academy, which, you know, made it harder for him to get to where he is as a pilot. And he's like, well, he just you know, doesn't trust me. right now. And then you find out it was his mother. Basically. I was like her last wish before she passed away. was like Maverick. Don't let him like, you know, become a pilot. Like, <laughs> like y'all were like, I, yeah, I don't want him, you know, dying like uh goose did. And then him also like you know, the, him learning kind of how to be an adult. Cause he's very much like still the, I'm the hot shot pilot. And then he had to learn like, Oh, and this is how you become. Cause he, cause he even says like, yeah, I was an instructor for like six months before they like decided like, I, this is not what I'm, <laughs> what I'm meant to do. And so you had to kind of learn like, 
all right, like at this age, I need to be a mentor. And like, you know, it's him learning how to think of someone other than kind of himself. And not only with like training the pilots, but also kind of reconnecting with, uh, with, uh, Penny Benjamin and, you know, having, uh, an adult, not, you know, in the sex sense, but like an adult as in like, Oh, like maybe I actually settle down with this person and, and not just be, you know, Hey, hey, I'm here for the moment, you know, but it's like, oh, she's got a daughter now, and, you know, like, the whole daughter, you know, just, I don't care what you do, you guys are adults, (laughs) but don't break her heart again. Yeah, even like, you know, she's like, you gotta jump out the window. What? And he's like, alright, yeah, she knows we're, like, seeing, but, like, I don't want to have this conversation with her yet. (laughs) Just jump out the fucking window. Like, okay. And then he jumps out the window, and she's, like, sitting there at the door, like, waiting on him, like, dude, it's like, come on. Y'all aren't teenagers. Why are you sneaking out a fucking window? Just don't break your heart anymore. He's like, just yes, ma'am. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> and then he comes back all from the, you know, like I'm the hero. And then she's like, they're like, Hey, where's Penny? Oh, they went on. They went sailing with her daughter on a trip. Fuck. I come back to be like, honey, I'm home. And she's not here. <laughs> so then he goes back to his, uh, his cool, uh, uh, hangar uh apartment with a having a kind of father uh adopted son moment with goose showing him how to work on the old airplanes and whatnot and then of course she shows up and he's like let's go for a flight <laughs> dude fucking pulls out the world war Two era like dude <laughs> yeah that was that, like badass old plane yes like i've always appreciated the jets but there was something about you know the freaking prop planes and everything that it's like and the and, paces that you know those things went through is like yeah and like that was when like you know the the era of the dog fighter where it was much more like you know world war Two plane to plane fight I mean, that's where the term whole nine yards comes from is like the 50 cal belts in those machine guns those planes were equipped with were was nine yard long nine yards long so if you did a mag dump on your plane you gave them the whole nine yards <laughs> Well, at least we knew where that came from. It's a lot better than when I, you know, we were talking about cockpits. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a, like a bar in, you know, Midtown. <laughs> and is there's so many like Hollywood movies now that are like so fucking political or woke and shit. It's like I didn't really catch any of that in this. No. It was I very mean, much just kind of, this is like your regular badass action movie. There's not like an extra message we need to like shoehorn into this story. <laughs> Rooster is secretly bi-curious. Like, what does that got to do with the fucking story at all? Like, you know, that that's my problem. Like, if it's, you know, you know, if you're trying to progress your story or whatever, like, you know, and that's, that's a character, but, you know, just... Forcing something for no need, it's like, that did nothing, but... Yeah, if it's essential to the storyline, whatever. But it's just like, I want to be a badass pilot, sir, but I'm also transitioning. You know, it's like, okay, like, what does that have to do with this fucking mission? <laughs> yeah, I'm transitioning to be a better badass pilot. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, sir. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, or like, you know, there's, yeah, some other like, I'm I'm, I'm so tired. I want to, movies are for escapism. That's why like during the Great Depression and all this other stuff, like when the economy and everything goes to shit, usually entertainment like goes up because people need something. Wait, the economy shit? I mean, I keep seeing people like, this is the best economy ever. Like, (laughs) Chad, you can't find baby, but it's like people go to the movies. That's for escapism. Like I don't want to hear political bullshit or anything else. And like this is one that was definitely like we're just a movie. We're we're not trying to you know give you a, a message along with this. Like no, dude, just have fun. Watch people blow up shit in jets. See, this will be one of the films, so that you know certain sides of that, you know, woke crowd or whatever. It's trying to feed, you know, artificial patriotism and blah, blah, blah. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, like this is one of those... There was no, like, female pilots in Top Gun. But we had, I mean, one people that goes on the missions, a lady pilot, but it never was, like, a big deal. Like, this is the demographics of the modern military. She's a capable, compelled competent pilot there was never anything like oh yeah she's gonna you know lead this mission because she's a, a badass lady pilot no she was just a badass lady pilot there was no like trying to like you know shoehorn her in as like the the secret like uh star of the movie and shit like they no other and mo- that's... other studios would have definitely <laughs> and that's the thing is i you know this truly like you know, it's definitely, you know, flashier. It's, you know, it does go off the rails like you talked about, but this is the summer blockbuster. Like, yes, we're, like you we, know. we're finally back to, and it's also not a Marvel movie. Like, it's like all the big movies are, are Disney. These, yeah, or <laughs> are like, you know, DC, Marvel, like these superhero, like, this is just old school Jerry Buckheimer, <laughs> fucking. I mean, dude, how badass was bad-assery. it just to see that logo again? Yes, like, and because I mean, there's like always like the Jerry Bruckheimer films, right? But this is back in the day when he did his. I think he did his best work when it was him and Don Simpson, like the Simpson Buckheimer production, and they brought the OG logo back for this. And I'm like, fuck yes! <laughs> and then of course, Highway to the Danger Zone like starts off the movie, and you're like. No, oh, it doesn't. I mean, well, the like, movie starts with, uh, you know, t- Tom Cruise, you know. I made this movie for the fans. This is for you. Which I thought was kind of yeah, cool. That was you cool, know. too, yeah. The whole, like, thank you for coming to theaters. So, does this change? Does this revert us back, you know, because it's cool to be retro now. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a... I mean, well, does you Jurassic know, Park started the the deep uh, <laughs> the deep sequel, but yeah, what other movie that never had a number two are we going to get a number two on now? And that's you know, do we now? Okay, well let's let's stop doing reboots. Let's now make sequels to movies that we didn't need. Like we're going to do a sequel to E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even, dude. I haven't seen ET yeah, in so long. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one. <laughs> uh, but 
Would you have known where to go with Top Gun? <laughs> the Rock 2. <laughs> Back to The Rock. <laughs> Starring The Rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like... And, and this one, I'm surprised it wasn't a, a freaking reboot. It's like, no, this is... Same guys. To, you know, but I'm wondering, you know, if this doesn't change, you know... And it could be for the better. You know, people so sick of, you know, everything being politicized and decisive. Like, what happened to just, hey, I can be in a theater of 150 people and we all just laugh. And just enjoy, you know, entertainment for the sheer value of, like you said, that, that whole escapism thing. Like, I don't need to know about the climate. I don't need to know about your political or your scientific beliefs. Like... Fucking entertain me. Yeah. And that's one thing I like about Tom Cruise. is He's like one of those dudes that like, all right, you know he's into some weird shit. Well, I mean, you know, Rachel was like, you know, I I really think I would like Top Gun, but, you know, he donated half his proceeds to science. I'm like, who gives a fuck what he does with his money? Yeah. Like, it's a fucking good movie, and if you can't get past, like, what the dude's doing with his money, like... And it's not like that showcased throughout the film or anything. No. If this was a Scientology, you know, shoved down your throat fest, I would have been like, this is a shit pile of a movie. That's the thing. Tom Cruise, he's one of those guys. No social media presence. You never see him, like, you know, talk, commenting on shit on, like, Facebook and whatnot. This is like, all right, yeah, he does the Scientology thing, but he's not one of those out there, like, you know, constantly commenting on whatever the political topic of the day is like i said i as far as i know the dude has like no social media it's like he's one of those guys like i'm an actor i'm gonna shut the fuck up and act and make things that you enjoy <laughs> and like i said i gotta give him you know give him props on that you know i i don't know that's i'm not gonna really get political i'll end it you know after this but i think that's a big problem with today's society is they let whatever celebrities are famous people they follow they put their, their own, you know, opinions like, hey, this person hasn't studied, doesn't have any, you know, access or, you know, any kind of special knowledge on XYZ topic that I do or you do. But because they've got a million followers on social media, their voice is automatically more important. Like It's kind of like whatever Denzel Washington and Gary Shanice, they do like big things for like veterans and shit but you rarely see them doing them they just do them and then yeah. like it ends up leaking in the media later on they're like nah this, i'm not doing this to make myself more famous and there's a lot of people like i'm gonna do a good thing and i want to make sure everybody fucking knows i did the good thing <laughs> like I'm, I'm i'm wondering you know who the next big thing will be right what amber heard reformed re <laughs> you know rehabilitated this is going to be her gift, you know. I like, want to see the, the, and it's gonna be a steaming pile of shit on a bed. I want to see the, uh, the, uh, uh, was it the, the petition that's going around to replace uh, Amber Heard with Bruce Campbell in the next Aquaman movie? <laughs> I want to see Bruce Campbell in a fucking ginger wig pretending to be <laughs> Mira, <laughs> and then just like not explain it whatsoever. Just there's fucking Bruce Campbell. <laughs> So as we uh, bring this uh, in for a landing, what do you think of the the, the Villager here, uh, part, 
Part deuce. two. Deuce is very good. Speaking of taking a deuce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you mean dose, not deuce. <laughs> yeah, I, this is a... Uh, I liked I liked part one, uh, but and this one is uh, equally equally good, if not better. Kind of like I actually think this Top Gun a little Maverick bit, is you know, <laughs> a little bit better. You know, um, I don't know. There's just something about you know that touch of spice, that little bit of sweetness mixed with this is very much a whiskey drinker cigar. Oh yeah, do I have any whiskey? I have a little whiskey. <laughs> see what's in the <laughs> in my stock uh yeah so yeah i definitely think this one in and, and again if you've not seen top gun you're a communist and if you've not seen top gun maverick you're you're a double communist i guess you should definitely see this movie <laughs> and you're either a socialist or a communist and it's also i think one of the because we always talk about like hey a lot of this shit goes pretty quickly to streaming this is one I think you definitely need to see on a big screen just for the the eff- the sound effects and the, the like seeing those jet I didn't get to see it in IMAX. I mean, I think it's also playing in IMAX. Now that yes, would be it is. Like I was actually ago, thinking that you know when I was I'm like this is cool. I wonder how much cooler it would be like yeah, Dude, I, or if they did like a 4D like you know where your chairs were like fucking you know <laughs> yeah. Well, rocking few, you back and forth and shit. A like, few years ago, like on I think one of the anniversaries of Top Gun, they re-released it in IMAX 3D. That shit was insane in 3D. So I was like, even like just even a non-3D on just that big fucking screen, that this would be uh, be definitely worth seeing a second time. I don't know. I definitely think are motion theaters still even a thing? I know at certain theme parks, you know, they still I've seen like sort of have... tourist attraction, but yeah, I've not seen uh, seen one. Yeah, I think there's still one up in Gatlinburg. The last time I was up there, I think that'd be you know a fucking riot. Yeah, you know, freaking forty theaters and shit. All right, well, with that, we'll be right back. And if you're watching on the YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drops a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, balls of fire. I laughed at love because I thought it was funny. But you came along and you proved me, honey. I changed my mind, the sun is fine. Goodness gracious, balls of fire. Kiss me, baby. This Labor Day weekend, fandom is calling. Let Michael, Mike, Darren, and Jen help you answer the call with the latest news, notes, tips, and tricks on the DragonCon Report. Available as an audio podcast, visit dragonconreport.com and for the first time ever, Watch us on video via Facebook Live and YouTube. We want to help you celebrate your fandom in all the best ways. So listen up, and we'll see you at the con.
welcome back. It's time to get scientific. Try a new catchphrase. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I saw a, I, I need to order it. Uh, there's a gun tuber I watch, Kentucky Ballistics. And he has a new uh, shirt out that says science. And it's like all the letters are like weird shit he's done on the show. So like one of the letters is just like bullets and like one, like they think the C is like a watermelon cause he ends up blowing up watermelons all the time. So it's like all gun related stuff, but it just says science. <laughs> yes. Science. So, uh, robots. Now we have the world's smallest remote controlled walking robots. Like smaller than nanobots? <laughs> this one is the smallest ever created and can one day be scuttling around inside you if that you know, doesn't make you creeped out enough. I mean, I thought as humans we typically try, uh, try to avoid getting crabs. I mean, <laughs> I, I think they got ointments and other things to try to cure those, but, you know, if they get on the inside, I... what do you do? <laughs> yes, uh... This is called the Peaky Toe Crab Robot, which is able to move around without complex hardware like hydraulics or electricity. Instead, locomotion is created by the robot's uh, memory alloy, which deforms and is and then reforms into its uh, remembered shape when heated. So basically, they use a laser to heat the robot, which makes it you know move from a couple different, I guess, pre-programmed shapes and like i said so it basically uh you know can direct this remote control direct this robot around using later lasers to heat or cool said uh said robot it can crawl twist walk turn and even jump according to a paper published in the journal of science robotics hmm interesting well you know, if this thing crawling around inside you doesn't, you know, impact you, like, don't worry, we're just going to shoot this laser into your chest. You won't feel <laughs> like, oh, God! <laughs> yes, it's, uh, you know, developed by researchers at Northwestern University. Uh, they said they were inspired by mechanism used in children's pop-up books uh, to create the tiny robot crab. Well, only 0.5 millimeters wide. Making at, it even smaller than a flea. At least they didn't get their inspiration from Ant-Man or, Ooh. you know, that part of the boys that, you know. Yeah, like, when that wraps up, we're we're definitely doing a boys episode because the first 15 minutes of this season, the most disturbing thing I've seen them do yet. <laughs> and I can't wait to, because you're one of those people like, I can't watch this until it's over so I can binge the whole thing. I can't wait to get your react. Like when you've watched the first season ahead of me and I just got this text like episode five, you'll know it when you see it. And then we got to the gill fingering scene. I'm like, Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yep, this is definitely what Brad was like. Cause you, you didn't describe it all. You're just like, it's fucked up. Episode five. You'll know it when you see it. And then I'm like, Oh no. And that's the reason Manda, she's not seen anything past the first season of the boys yeah. because of that scene. She's like, no, I, you you go watch that. I, the, the gill fingering still haunts my memories. I'm not watching any more of the show. <laughs> you don't even have gills, Amanda. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, and also 
NASA invents a new solar sail that bends light to control spacecraft's directions. We've talked about solar sail. That looks cool. Yeah, we talked about solar sail vehicles uh, before, but basically, the kind of the problem with, I guess, earlier designs is it can go very well in like a straight line, but lacks flexibility to basically change direction. So if you want to go straight, solar sail's good to go. Well, you know, a new new one they're working on, basically it's able to kind of change the how the light, I guess, or the radiation moves around the sail and actually is able to steer the ship with the solar sail instead of just, you know, fly it straight. Very interesting. I I don't know. I mean, dude, that... Like, how cool would that be? Like, you know, we get a, you know, civilian commercial thing. It's like, uh, you know, I could take you on the sailboat, but how about we go on the solar sail? (laughs) Uh, Yes, and one of the developers, Professor, cool name, Grover Schwartzlander of Rochester Institute of Technology, uh, said, unlike a reflective sail, a sun-facing diffractive sail experiences a component of force perpendicular to the sun line, thereby allowing navigation without sacrificing the amount of solar power on the sail. I want to do that. Solar parasailing. <laughs> it's the new sport of the future. Damn it, I gotta stop saying things. <laughs> well, as long as, uh, you know, we're talking about space. There's a plan to store humanity's knowledge on the moon. And hot lava? Or lava tubes. The Norwegian Arctic island of... Are we known as... There's a... Basically, we have like a big vault here in the Arctic that holds like... Basically, it's seed vault. So if anything, you know, happens to the Earth, we've got seeds in this like super vault to kind of repopulate the world's food supply. And now someone wants to kind of do that with data. So uh, basically there's underground lava tubes on the moon that they basically want to put giant hard drives in to store like basically a backup for the world's data. Especially as Are we not things... going to talk about this already being flooded? <laughs> <laughs> that might have been one downfall. It's <laughs> probably why we're going to the moon. Ain't no water on the moon. <laughs> yet uh, basically it's uh it's going to be the apocalypse proof vault uh for uh is going to be sent up on the intuitive machines one m one mission a private mission that will place a lander on the moon to conduct an initial software test storing a small amount of data on the lander for two weeks or one lunar day and then plan to fly their first full data service payload on IM2 uh, to the lunar pole, where they will conduct upload and download tests. So, you know, like your Wi-Fi speed tests at home, we're going to do that, but on the moon. Wow! Amazing. And we still haven't opened a portal to hell. <laughs> Come on, Yet. scientists. You're... you're uh... <laughs> They said, you know, some of the obvious problems is, you know, the temperature on the moon fluctuates from 
a hundred or 222 degrees Fahrenheit during the day to negative 297 at night. Uh, that's why they're kind of looking at these lava tubes as a place to store these servers. Cause it's more kind of a stable temperature as well as preventing a lot of the radiation. Don't in they space know that heat causes, you know, the cheese to melt. We're going to melt the moon. That's yeah. These aren't uh, actual lava, lava tubes. These are like the holes in Swiss cheese. And finally, this one we may suffer for. They've uh, discovered a new neurological condition that makes you tell inappropriate jokes. Oh, yeah, I definitely have that. <laughs> uh, Maybe he's born with it. It's called Witzel Uh It's a compulsion to tell inappropriate jokes, make puns, or otherwise tell pointless stories. Yeah, we probably have this. <laughs> Patients with uh, Witzel such tend to make jokes compulsively, sometimes without realizing what the what what they said was inappropriate or even funny. You know, it's kind of like when my wife's like, "You're not funny." I'm like, "I'm, I'm hilarious." You just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so apparently, also, do we need to go get our frontal lobes checked? <laughs> apparently, people that also have this uh, uh, sometimes are dif- have difficulty understanding sarcasm. Hmm. Which apparently the name is German, which translated uh, means joke addiction. Huh. Apparently it was first discovered, uh, used to describe uh, patients, uh, four patients uh, by neurologist Hermann Oppenheim in the 1880s. And all the patients had frontal lobe tumors, so, Yeah. <laughs> An addiction to trivial, excessive, and often sarcastic joking is what they, uh... I definitely feel like we should go get brain scanned. <laughs> yeah. Or people that suffer from this should just start a podcast. Hmm. I don't know that I could recommend doing that. You gotta make time to podcast. <laughs> Time's hard to manifest. Or if you're, like, you know, got some kind of psychosis, then you don't need, like, a sidekick. You can just talk to yourself. Yeah, it might sound weird on the mic having a conversation with someone who's not there, but, yeah. <laughs> just put on your tenfold hat, go down the rabbit hole, see how far it goes. <laughs> uh, but that's all I got for you Enjoy this week. Enjoy your eight layers of uh, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Skynet, man. Dude, speaking of robots and stuff... uh, What'd you think of the new Death Love Robots? I mean, you know, it had its high points and its low points. You know, uh, you know, none of the seasons have compared to that first season. And as the series goes on, it's kind of they seem like they know, do less and less. Unfortunately, like, like not only less and less, but it sort of follows the same mantra of okay, we're going to give you the quirky, then we're going to give you the you know uber crazy you know sci-fi oh here's your trippy episode and then you know here's your depressed episode yeah the new version of three robots was good the uh kill team kill was pretty good and the one with the scotsman and the rats like i said if you've if you've not watched it yet those are like definitely the three highlights for me to check out but that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some news. 
And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this rendition of news, I mean, we started the, you know, episode with some rock. So you can't have news without talking about The Rock. And we've got our trailer for Black Adam. And I gotta say, like, not knowing anything about the back history of this character or anything else, like, I want to see this. Like, yeah, it's like, I, I, yeah, like, I'm not as familiar with Black Adam, and it's like, I thought he was a villain, but this one looks like it could go either way. Like, he's kind of almost like a... Heroes don't kill people, will I do? Yeah, that's he, all I need to know. Yeah, he look, got got a kind of a uh, anti-hero look to it. Uh, kind of, I guess, kind of like uh, what they did with Venom, where traditionally in the comics he's a villain, but in the Venom movies he's more of a superhero. But I got to say, freaking, uh, yeah, Rock is Black Adam, cool. But Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate looks badass. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Pierce. Uh, absolutely. So people will be able to check out Black Adam only in theaters because apparently COVID doesn't exist anymore. October We're on to Monkey 21st. <laughs> Two confirmed cases in Georgia now. Uh, but yeah, that <laughs> scene in the trailer where somebody hits him in the face with a with a baton and then just bends around his face. <laughs> and then he chunks the guy into the fucking ocean or whatever. I was like, that looks funny as shit. Yes. Well, we're moving on to something funny. I'm going to get away from that frontal lobe disease. Like, I'm 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 now aware Tate. of it. Oh, sorry, I know how to cure. Dude, that's like Tourette's. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've turned that into a joke before it uh, fits. <laughs> Wait, did I just use sarcasm? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even aware if I did. Um, so big fan of you know the Jack Carr books. Oh yeah. You know, um, and we're almost there, July first. Yes, uh, so we got our, you know, Amazon trailer for a series that I'm really looking forward to, the Terminal List. Yeah, because I was when originally I love Chris Pratt as an actor, but he doesn't do a whole lot of like dark characters, and at least that first book, he goes to some dark places. But after seeing this trailer, I'm like. Dude, I'm sold. It I mean, dude, Chris awesome. legitimately looks like an operator in this shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. But even, know. like, action movies he's done, he always has, like, just a kind of a comedic sarcasticness to him. Where, at least the book one of, you know, the Terminalist series is, like, Homeboy is serious as fuck. And from this trailer, I'm like, oh, damn, he's, <laughs> he's serious. <laughs> but and also, I, it's Amazon, so if you've read the book, you know there's some pretty graphic uh violence and i'm like ah, i wonder if they're gonna allow them to do some of the stuff they do in the books and i'm like oh yeah this is the same company that has the boys so yeah you don't have to worry about them shying away from any <laughs> anything that's too violent yeah i i mean i plus this is one where a lot of time you get something like a company buys the rights to a book and then just does their own thing where this jet car has been part of the process this whole time they've been making it. So he's definitely had his touch on it. So I'm hoping it's going to be, you know, they may do some different things just, you know, to, so you're not just watching a shot for shot make of the book, but it's definitely going to be 
close to the source material, at least like in, in uh, like whatever, in, in heart, I guess if, but, uh, and of course you see the famous Winkler Savick Tomahawk, which I'm like, I don't have $800, but I still want one of those so much. <laughs> I thought we priced them out and they were more than eight. The, you can get the combat, uh, Tomahawk, which is different for like six, but if you find an actual Savick, it's like 800 bucks or more. Every, the cheapest has been 800 that I've seen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's just something about, like... This looks dude, you, cool you've pissed shit. me off to the point to where I don't want it to end quickly, so meet my tomahawk. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, for folks that aren't familiar with, you know, Terminal List, it is a book series that I highly recommend if you're into, you know... Anything, you know, military-related, you like action, you know. Action, espionage, vengeance. <laughs> like, the first book reads like a damn Punisher comic. I mean, even but set better, in the real world. You know, in, yeah. in my opinion, you know. Um, but, I mean, just the, the call-outs. Like, oftentimes, I'm like, is he getting plugged, you know, to <laughs> name, like... Yeah, he's definitely one. Everything like, from like the brand of clothing to the brand of ammo, the you know components that make up the rifles, the you know. But it really adds to like the realism. Yes, of it. and it's one of those things like, oh, he's got whatever this gun is. Let me look up and see what that is, and or what this watch is or knife is, and it's like, oh man, I want all the things. <laughs> yes, I think if you go to Jack Carr's website, it even has like book by book. Here's a list of all the the things that I. All the equipment that is used in the book. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, you know. I'm usually not, you know, a, a huge fanboy, but, you know, and get wrapped up in people's thoughts and opinions on brands and stuff like that. But this is one where I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I want all the things. Yes. So, um, speaking of wanting all the things, these people probably want to win all the things. Um Squid Game Season 2 has officially been, you know, announced from Netflix. Have you and heard I, they're also doing... Yeah, like a reality series yes, or something. Yeah, they're going to do a, basically a Squid Game-themed competition show where they're going to give away a shitload of money, but without the death, supposedly. It's only going to be, you know, simulated death, I guess. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like art imitating life. It's like, oh, yeah, that Squid Game thing is really popular. We should actually do that, but without murder. I mean, if you put it on, you know, a subscription like an HBO <laughs> or something, then I don't know. Like, I always, you know, as a George Carlin fan, and I've probably talked about this before, like, you know, you take murder, murders, you know, rapists, you know, that sort of thing, and you put them all in a pen, you know, out in the Midwest somewhere, like <laughs> hundreds of miles, and, you know, there's one little ass door, and it opens like once a week. And everybody's got to fight to the death to try to get through that little door, you know. Um, Didn't Arnold Schwarzenegger already do that movie? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I'm like... Wasn't that the plot of Running Man? He was like, we're going to hunt criminals <laughs> and put it on TV for people to watch. But, you know, whatever. I'm all for it. Let's do it. But, yes. Um, I don't think we have a official release date yet, you know, for... Um, season two, it was just kind of cool seeing the large, you know, animatronic robot, you know, it's just like red light, green light, <laughs> like the most oh. innocent of games, you know, but with that squid game twist, you're just like, 
Oh yeah, this is gonna be bad. I did see a thing the other day that some one of these rich YouTubers, I can't remember his name, basically did a giant hide and go seek game where he brought a whole bunch of other like YouTube celebrities and they played hide and go seek in like the Dallas Cowboys stadium. They like shut down the stadium and just filled it with a bunch of YouTubers and whoever the the last person to get found was like won like a hundred thousand dollars or some shit. <laughs> I was like, man, to have like fuck you money to do dumb shit like that <laughs> would be fun as hell. Yeah. Okay. So the next one's a little, you know, personal. Hits really <laughs> close to home for me. And when I saw this trailer, I'm like, yeah, this is just Brad's nightmare. It's like, that's all this is. <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, like, these people put themselves in some dumb-ass positions, right? <laughs> so, uh, the movie I'm talking about is a Lionsgate film called Fall. And um, it looks to me like this is taking place on, uh, can't quite, looks like a microwave um, tower. Um, and someone may fall. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they start climbing, like, they've got no safety ropes, like, they've got a vertical lifeline, but, you know, like... They don't have any harnesses, any shit like, hey, we're going to climb, you know, this looks maybe like it's, you know, a thousand or two thousand feet up from the camera view. Like, <laughs> you're going to get tired at some point, like, just. Yeah, this looks, like, and that's all the trailer shows is this giant ass tower and somebody dangling from it. And, yes. And then fall. <laughs> it's like. Okay, this is <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like this is some meth head level shit right here. Like, I bet they some copper up in that tower. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's what they're really after. Like, they're stealing copper. I mean, if you're you know looking for the thrill or whatever, I get that in some regards, but there's <laughs> yeah, base jumpers will climb some crazy shit. But you know that doesn't even look like what they're doing. Like, I have no idea why they're up this fucking tower. But, but as as a guy that, you know, services and, you know, works around towers and climbs towers, it's just like, you know, I see stuff from, like, third world countries, and I'm just like, uh-uh. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you, you don't even have a, a fucking lineman belt or anything else on. Like, if you get fatigued or whatever, it's just over and done. One wrong step, you're done. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just... I, I found this humorous in a lot of regards, and I love the tagline because we don't have a release date. It just says dropping soon. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, the next one here on your list is something that I loved this game forever. And so, I can't wait to see them try to do this as some kind of live action movie. We're, we're really going to have to dig back. We're going to need to go to the early 90s. I don't... It's time to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and, and I'm, I'm all out of bubblegum. Bubble <laughs> uh, we are talking about a franchise called Duke Nukem, and I don't... I know they tried to do some remastered... Um... Yeah, they released a new game a while ago, but yeah, it wasn't nearly as good as the, the original. But yeah, that OG, like, on computer, I mean... You could go. I think it was the first game I played where you could go into the bathroom and actually take a piss. <laughs> Outside of maybe like a, a 
an OG copy of Loser Suit Larry where yeah. you had to use the, you know, command line and you would literally type out like Or you could walk into a strip club and like throw money on the stage. <laughs> it was like it was like freaking doom, but for you know, juvenile people like us <laughs> it's somebody that had that frontal lobe you know disorder yeah. where you know you don't realize uh, how inappropriate like duke nukem is probably a game that would be boycotted in today's society <laughs> yeah just all the crazy shit he says throughout that game it's fucking hilarious so yeah we're apparently gonna get a duke nukem film being developed by the cobra kai creators which i've we've liked the cobra kai series so far so if anybody knows, like, you know, nostalgia, it's definitely the creators of Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I'm wondering if it, if this can be successful today. You know, like, if they, if they... I don't even care if it's successful. I want it for me. <laughs> this, but I'm if saying... If no one that... else likes it, fucking kids from the 90s are gonna love this shit. But I'm, I'm, I'm It's one of those things, your kids like... aren't gonna get it, but fucking guys in there, like, late 30s and 40s is going to be like this is fucking awesome unless they fuck it up and then you're going to be like dude you fucked it up <laughs> but it's almost like a deadpool it can't be too tame you know <laughs> i mean that's the thing like if if it's not what the people that are going to hey i'm familiar with the franchise i remember playing the games i remember the character duke nukem and how over the top he is and everything else like but today, if they don't stick to draw us in, yeah. and you, is there enough of us? Who are you going to get to play Duke, though? Like, I always thought, like, Dolph Lundgren would make a good... But, see, but he's, like, too old for that shit now. They can de-age him. I mean, he was still pretty badass in uh, the Expendables movies, but, yeah, who's, like, a, a, yeah, a, the a, younger... A 10, 15-year-old Dolph Lundgren? Absolutely, because, you know... Ooh, what about um, uh, Clint Eastwood's son? I'm gonna have Scott Eastwood or uh, what's his name from uh, from uh, uh, Starship Troopers, Gary Busey's son, Jake Busey. He could be Duke Nukem because that guy does some like crazy shit. I could definitely. He he's big and he like just says weird shit and like does these weird ass roles. He could definitely be. I... Duke Nukem. I'm kind of looking at a picture here, and he's already got the Duke Nukem haircut, and he's got the build for it. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe he could get it on The Rock's training plan. Or, uh, That's it. The Rock is going to play Duke Nukem. Dude from uh, The Boys plays Homelander. <laughs> I, I just don't think he's... You know, I mean, Duke Nukem... It's almost to the point that it's roided out. Yeah, you, you got to be a big some bitch. Like I, I almost wonder, like if John we wouldn't Sienna. see, you know, somebody from the Fucking... WWE. You yeah, know. See, like I mean, uh, Peacemaker is pretty much Duke Nukem. Like, I don't know if you'd want to do Duke Nukem like coming off a of Peacemaker, but yeah, he's a big son of a bitch that could do like fun. I mean, his comedy stuff is almost better than his action stuff. Like. Like I mean, his yeah, first, I like, think when he, he sometimes has be... a tendency to take himself too seriously. Yeah, when he was trying to be like The Rock when he first came out, going, "I'm going to be the next action star. I'm the new Arnold Schwarzenegger," and then he's like, "No, you're not, dude." But then once he started doing these kind of quirky comedic roles, 
dude's fucking hilarious. So yeah, I could see uh, Sienna being uh, uh, Duke Nukem. But but you can't though, because <laughs> you can't see me. You know. <laughs> but wait, you're you're right there on the television, dude. I'm 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 looking right at you, like. And and that dude's not like completely out of it. I'm sure he sees you too, like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, as as much fun it is, you know, to kind of. I'm really curious to see if they can actually get it off the ground and get it going, because yeah. I know it's been tried, you know, before, and I don't know. Have we gotten too sensitive for a Duke Nukem to exist? This is what we need to save us from cancel culture. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> well, another thing that we need is more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, dude, Turtles in Time... Fuck that original NES Turtles game. Like, I think it was hard as shit. But yeah, as far as the arcade goes, Turtles in Time and then the original Ninja Turtles arcade game was... Those things sucked a lot of quarters. I mean, hell, when we went to, like, flashback games and was playing, like... I like, think my wrist still hurts from that. I spent hours on that motherfucker. <laughs> that was about the only thing I played that one day. And we and we hurt. Yeah. Like, we're too out of shape for stand-up arcades. Like, what yeah, It's that like your say? back starts to hurt every while. It's like... But yeah, but, Shredder's Revenge, which looks I, like the old arcade games. It's like but kind I of mean, the same animation style and stuff. But it's dressed up, you know, just a little bit, you know. Um, like, I don't know. It's kind of weird to see modern graphics try to be made into 8-bit graphics. <laughs> but at the same time, like, what drew me into this, I'm like, holy shit. Fucking Casey Jones is a playable character. <laughs> but then yes. I was like, wait. I can play with six of my friends simultaneously. Like they uh, you have just... six friends. No, <laughs> but that would be insanity. Cause I'd be there with three controllers. <laughs> okay. So this last week, my internet went out from a uh, storm, knocked it out. So I was without internet for a week. I brought out the super Nintendo from storage and fired that up, man, trying to play like super Mario world and like OG original, uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm like, oh, god damn, this stuff's way too... I, I don't know how to work, like, four buttons anymore. I'm so used to, like, you know, thumbsticks and, like, <laughs> wireless controllers. <laughs> this... I've worn a blister on my thumb from yeah, playing this, with this a D-pad. Going back to, like, 90s, uh, 90s era controllers and, and graphics. Is and, like, and oh. Ergonomics were not even discovered at that no. point. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did we spin? Like, dude, I can, I can legit, like, remember we would make a challenge, like, when I was in, you know, elementary and middle school and stuff like that, you got a few years on me, but, you know, it'd be like, okay, it's Friday night, we're breaking out the Super Nintendo, and we're not going to stop till we have to leave Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, I'll play that shit for an hour, and I'm like, I gotta take a fucking break. <laughs> my but, eyes hurt, my hands hurt. <laughs> I mean, just the, you know, this looks like a, you know... Standard side-scroller, nostalgia trip, and the fact that, you know, we get the four original Turtles, Casey, and, you know, you even get to throw April into the mix. Wow. So April getting a, you know, a bit of a shout-out, you know. I, I don't know. I, like, I don't see her with her camera or anything, but, you <laughs> know. one of her special be, moves. She beats be you with her camera. Crazy. She fucking pulls out the... You know, camcorder. And there's old, cool old VHS camcorders. They can do some damage. Those things are big as shit. Yeah, dude, they weigh like 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Like. You crack a skull with that shit. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, you know, 
Casey, you know, putting on the hockey mask and bringing it back. That's like, what I need to do for Dragon Con. Just go full of, like, Casey Jones. <laughs> um, but um, Turtles in Time is currently on... I got it because it's on Xbox Game Pass. And, dude, you know, for five bucks a month, like, I have streaming services I haven't used in a year <laughs> that I'm still paying more than $5 a month for. But yeah, I need to uh, uh, get mean, the yeah, entire, this, you know, Microsoft I mean, library. This laptop came with the Xbox already installed so yeah i need to sign up for that shit and bring out some turtles on this thing especially now that you got your upgrade to your internet yeah now now they fix it they actually gave me a speed boost so i could actually play games again without worrying about buffering <laughs> absolutely um any other news tidbits anything you want to share with the folks at home uh are in the cars or wherever the I don't know where you're at, people, wherever you're listening to this damn podcast. I think that's all we got for you this week, so check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the YouTubes. Uh, we're at CigarNerdPod. And uh, get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code CigarNerds, and your shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And with that, talk to me, Goose. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.